Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I'm your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? I'm so good. How are you? Doing great. Doing Just great. Having a fun weekend, like ready to enjoy some wine with you and ah, relax. Yep. We're relaxing on Saturday night here, taping this episode. It's episode 107 of The Long Finish. And this is the week before in America, the 4th of July, America's Independence Day. And I came right to you and said, "Yeah, give the people something great to drink for the 4th of July celebration. Or really, any summer party, but specifically for the 4th. So we're drinking something American. Yes, right. And I can't wait to hear about why you chose this wine. Why do you think this wine is so special? And really catch up with you because I haven't seen you all day. We've been running around. It's the weekend. Parents don't yeah, have fun We've been seeing each other as parents today and not just as individuals. Ships in the day. What are we drinking tonight? This is the Swick, Joseph Swick, City Pop Pet Nut. It's American Sparkling Wine 2022. And that's why I picked it because it's American Sparkling Wine. We'll get into that in a second. Heck of an ad right there. <laughs> it's funny, but that's what it says on the back in all caps, just in case you weren't sure where this is from. It's American sparkling wine. It's like pairs, you sold a car. No, but and then below it, it says pairs with your favorite banchan. And then you're like, if you're like 99.9% of Americans, you got to look that up. And yeah, I guess we'll get into that. But those are the side dishes that go with Korean food. So, this is totes my choice for tonight. American sparkling wine. It's American. Drink it. America. Yeah, City Pop. City Pop. This is a fun little pet knot. It's just a great little fuzzy sparkler to bring to a picnic, a patio event, like whatever kind of impromptu get together with some friends. This is it. Impromptu, hopefully scheduled. We don't have any plans currently. Yeah, maybe it should be said. Ours will be maybe impromptu. Ours is definitely impromptu at the moment. (laughs) Unless there's any friends out there listening to the show that want to invite Catherine, myself, and Although we're not going to Malibu this year. We've made that mistake in the past. The one freeway is too backed up on the 4th of July. We'll just take local invitations. Thank you. One of the worst 4th of Julys that I can remember, Yeah, truly. It was pretty awful. But if you live... Within a quarter mile of us, just let us know. We'll be happy to be there. So, I mean, we're gearing up for the 4th of July. I mean, this feels like one of those kind of weird points of the season where 4th of July falls on a Tuesday. We figure everyone's kind of shutting down that week. Are people going to shut down this week too? Are people starting to say, like, it's the holiday season? Who's no, working no, right yeah, now? Yeah, like, well, definitely Friday and Monday, right? You got to take. Friday and Monday off, or at least early day Friday. Then you have the weekend. That who is going to work on a Monday? Nobody's working. That's why I try to get a golf tea time for to, uh, for that Monday because between the weekend and the fourth on Tuesday, who's working? Nobody's working. No, everybody's no. drinking wine. Everybody's drinking City Pop. No, they're drinking City Pop. I wanted to mention that I have an album. I heard the name City Pop, and there's a Dutch pop singer named Benny Sings. Ooh, that's a good name. I saw him at the Troubadour. No, no, I saw him at the Lodge Room in Highland Park a few years back because he's worked with a lot of great artists. I mean, tons of artists that you know, don't know in the pop world. And he has an album called City Pop. 
So I thought, wait a minute, I thought I heard that before. Uh, it's cool. Well, it's actually this wine and probably that Alamo is named for the genre of music that took Japan by storm in the 70s and 80s. I'm going to email Benny and ask him if that's right. Maybe we should start listening to some of that music. Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. Listen to Benny Sings. That's her first. It's like my inspiration of the night, but it's just one of those things you should be listening to. It's a cute cover of, a cute album cover. Catherine, speaking of covers... Mm. No. Uh, yes, but the books have covers. Books have covers. <laughs> Decent segue. <laughs> we didn't talk about this last episode, but I know. I know. Okay, yeah. I know that you want to talk about this because you're so excited and you're so proud about the book club you created at Esther's. I love it. I love it. It's been so fun. Yeah, I don't think I talked about it last time, but Esther's had its second meeting of the book club. And I don't think I talked about it, but I did talk about the book, or maybe I mentioned it to everybody, what we were reading. It was Wine and War, The French, the Nazis, and the Battle for France's Greatest Treasure by Don Cladstrup and Petey Cladstrup. This was published in 2002. It was a great read. Now, a lot of the people who came to the book club agreed they didn't love the format or they had some issues with how it was presented or the audiobook, etc. But that made for a very good discussion. And because it was kind of all over the place as a book, you know, everyone latched onto something different. There was something inspiring for someone. Um, so many different parts of the book spoke to people in different ways. It was it was a great discussion. And there were some folks that were at our first book club meeting, some folks that were new. It's just a great community to be creating. And I love these books that are not scholarly books about wine. I personally truly admire anyone who is studying for their WSET or advanced SOM or master SOM test and really knowing the particulars of regions and all of that. But I am most interested in reading stuff that is not that and that is either fictional or nonfiction, but that ha- where there's a lot of stories to tell. And the last two books we've read have been that. And the third one, we're trying, Jenna and I are trying to pick a good one that has a lot of juicy, good stuff to tell that's not scholarly. And it's fun because the people that come to the book club want to hang, they love wine, and they like books. They want to talk about it. So it's like a fun group that we're creating. And there's some fun stuff coming down the pipeline, including two authors that I've been connected with who might want to come and visit our group. So That's breaking news. That could be cool. How many people came to the discussion? I'm not 100% sure, but it was probably around... 1820. That's great. It was perfect because I think more than that, we might have to break off into two groups. So it turned out just right. So stay tuned, listen to the podcast and figure out what the next book club date is and what the book is going to be. It's going to be in September. The book is going to be announced soon. We're finalizing it. I'm not going to give any hints here, but I will say we are trying to pick something that's not about France because the last two books have been about France. That's fair. In other news... It's summertime. It's summertime, full-fledged summertime. We have a four-year-old who just graduated preschool. There was a full ceremony. There was a there was a cap. There was no turning of the what was it? What, what's the thing? The, the tassel. The tassel. Usually Maybe you, it has a name. Usually you flip the tassel. No, to the their other tassel side. was sewn to that side. Because <laughs> they're four. They probably yeah. start you know, taking it off and eating. They don't need to turn it. 
Yeah. So we went to that. That was a big deal. Well, you know, it is. It is fine. It's a fine deal. It's it was cool. wonderful, <laughs> and and this is such a special time in his life. It yep. was awesome. He got to have his own dinner, and that was McDonald's. McDonald's. So at the play place. Anyone who thinks we're highfalutin. <laughs> Nope, we live a You're block not. from McDonald's, You're and not. our kids still think that's their favorite restaurant. So don't be deceived. This is uh, we're taping this as the ramp up to the Fourth of July. But next week we'll be out to party. We'll be ready to go. We are going to a celebration on the weekend before the Fourth, and we'll probably continue to have some fun on uh, July Fourth. We're gonna be re- bringing a great wine. We want to make sure that you all bring a great wine to your parties. So Catherine, let's reintroduce this wine. And let's talk about why. This is the wine of choice for the 4th of July. Yes, so this is Swick Wines City Pop. That's the name. It's American Sparkling Wine 2022. City Pop. I just keep wanting to do that that NSYNC for that. That's cute. Sorry, Joe. City Pop. Don't be sorry. He would love that. City Pop. Joe Joe Swick came to Esther's, I don't know, like two months ago and did a tasting with us. He's a really fun person he's funny he would love any montage song whatever to his wines they should be drunk with pleasure and with lightheartedness and I I know that from meeting him in person several times and from his website and just his vibe these are wines to have fun with but what's not about not not up for joking matter is how they are (laughs) There you go. You, you, work, you work your own segues. Look at you, Mrs. Segway. Segway. What's not up for a joke is <laughs> <laughs> the organic no, methods. Organic methods not funny. <laughs> no, he's serious about the way the wines are made. There you go. They are raw wines. They are natural wines. Always from organic or biodynamic vineyards. No chemical additives. No fining. No filtering. Nothing of the sort. The wines do what they will, and there is only a minimum of sulfur added if necessary, just to make them stable and still taste like wine, because that's really important. And it's really fun, because he's a young winemaker. He doesn't own vineyards, but he works with a lot of different farmers in Washington State and Oregon. He's in the Pacific Northwest. And I've been buying the wines for, since Esther's open, so probably, you know, seven, eight years. And it's been really cool to see the evolution of the wines. They have always been natural. They have always had a lot of freshness and fun and some were amazing and some were just like, oh, great, you know, shot in a pan. And now they're all great. Like I can just see his evolution as a winemaker and that's really fun. So Joe Swick, two thumbs up. I really love you're only going up and I love what you're doing. And I told him that in person when he was doing the tasting at Esther's a few months ago. But this, are you ready? I'm ready. This is a fun pet nut. It's a blend of, well, I've gotten a few different versions of this. And when I was with him, this wasn't out yet. So I wasn't tasting it with him. So I didn't have the correct version. So it could be any of the above, but it's a blend of Pinot Noir for sure, and Pinot Gris, because you can tell that by the color, Gewürztraminer, Riesling, maybe Verdejo, Sauvignon Blanc, Semillon, it's a blend. Definitely can tell the Pinot Gris because 
although this is a white wine, some it sees some skin contact and that gives it this like light coppery color. And we know Pinot Gris is that light pinky grayish color and and, and shows up kind of like a delicate copper in the glass. So we for sure know there's Pinot Gris. We know there's Pinot Noir because that's one of his primary grapes that he works with. And I know there's Gewurztraminer because I can tell by the nose. But this is all these grapes are from a bunch of different vineyards that he works with. And he works with wines in Oregon and Washington, as I mentioned, in the Pacific Northwest. This is this one is primarily Columbia Valley and Willamette Valley. So Columbia Valley in Washington, Willamette Valley in Oregon. And all the grapes come together and are co-fermented. So they ferment at the same time. There is some skin contact or some moment of interaction because of this color here. It's still a white wine, but there is this pretty color to it. It's actually kind of a surprising color because in the bottle, it looks like one color. And then when it goes in the glass, it looks, you, you kind of get that coppery yeah. orange, almost, it's almost rosé blush. I mean, almost that, blush. Yeah. But in the bottle, it looks just golden. Golden. And almost a little green. We, like. I wonder if that's the tint of this yeah. bottle. Yeah. Actually, I think it is. It's not fully clear glass. It's like a little green tint. Clean label. Just says City Pop right yeah, he City Pop. He's so, I, I told him, I love the labels because they have this font that kind of looks like. Times a, New Roman? Uh, no. Courier. So no. <laughs> it's kind of like, it reminds me of Edward, that font on the Edward Gorey drawings. Like, I don't know if that's too niche for everyone here, but I, if you look it up, <laughs> Edward Gorey. It's sort of got this gothic feel to it. It's like Times New Roman Roman plus gothic. So it feels like an old bookstore sort of feeling. And it's cute because he's got it on all his wines now. And it definitely gives that flavor of like, you know, hipster, nouveau fresh. It's wine for the literate. It is wine for the literate. <laughs> And City Pop, as I said, named for the genre of music that took Japan by storm in the 70s or 80s. So as Joe says, this is a BYOB karaoke wine, you know, bring it along. It's perfect for banchan, perfect for a picnic. I think this is just perfect for a get together. It's dry. It's citrusy. It's a little tropical. There's like this floral element. I think it's really floral. I think if you're oh, into you sort do. of, I do. I think if you're into floral, that's Gewurztraminer and aromatic wines, then you're gonna love this wine. I particularly think that's fun when you're outside and it's warm and you just get poured a glass of a glass of wine and it's brought to you and you're like, oh, you put your nose in it and you're like, oh, there's something there. What's the positive way of saying soapy? I guess floral. Floral. But do you, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, because it is, it's got that like floral. There it is. That's all I got to say. <laughs> but the lavender, white flowers, like potpourri, but not dried flowers. It's more fresh flowers. But you would walk into a bathroom and smell that. Ooh, it would smell good. A lot of people like that. I mean, our lavender almonds at Esther's crush. People love it. So even saying that the nose is kind of soapy or floral, it's not a negative for people, you know. Maybe it is for you, but not for everyone. You kicked off the description of this wine by calling it a raw wine. 
for sure. I don't think that we've ever talked about what that means for wine. So can you go into what raw wine means? Well, raw wine, raw wine is a giant festival of natural wines that happens in LA and New York. It is a celebration of natural wine. The idea is that the wine is made in the vineyard. It's made from organic or biodynamic fruit that's unadulterated. So there's no cultured yeast used to ferment it. It just ferments on its own with native yeast that's present. And then the wine is not manipulated in any way with additives, chemicals. It's not fined. It's not filtered. It's left to ferment and age as it will. And then there may or may not be a little sulfur to stabilize it at bottling. That part is, you know, dependent on the winemaker's choice. But it's really natural wine. And what's the ABV for the wine? It's like, I don't know, 12, 12. Twelve and a half, something like that. It says on the label. Twelve and a half. Twelve yeah. and a half. That's what I thought. You mentioned lavender almonds, but what's a good food pairing for this wine? Well, I mean, I was thinking of the picnic fare, you know, hot dogs, but especially like the relish and the pickles. I was thinking of salt and vinegar chips. I had that kind of like salt and acidic thing going. He says banchan on the label, so... Korean food is what is his inspiration, Joe Swick's inspiration. But I think we could get into all kinds of pickles and mustards. And that's kind of what I was thinking of for 4th of July. I hear that. And where can we get this wine? Well, of course, Esther's. But it is very much a natural wine. So natural wine stores. And if you don't have one in your area, demand that there is one in your area. Yeah. I mean, start asking for that because this is very much, Joe makes a bunch of wines, so many wines, but they're all such small production that they go in and out of stock very frequently. You would know his wines because the labels are particular, but they're natural wines. They aren't something that is mainstream in any way. They won't be a total wine. So you've got to look for something off the beaten path. Now, he has a great website. You can order directly from that website in so many states. Go to swickwines.com, S-W-I-C-K-W-I-N-E-S.com. You can order all these kind of packs or the City Pop. It's right there. I see it. I can just put it in my cart right now. We'll put a link to this in the show notes to his website For as sure. well. The last question I have about my last question tonight goes to American wines, American sparkling wines. I remember you and I went to a wedding in the Napa Sonoma area, I don't know, 15 years ago. I remember asking you about where can we get an American sparkling wine that was well made and sustainably made. And there wasn't a lot of choices. Now I feel like that's more the case. There, yeah. There are more now than there were. It's hard though. Still, there's not a lot. Number one, it's really expensive to make sparkling wine if you're going to do it in the traditional method or the champagne method. That's two fermentations. That's riddling and disgorgement, whether you do it by machine or hand. That's a lot of work. Now, you can make a pet nat, and there are a lot more pet nats made now than there were 10, 15 years ago because that style has exploded. So there are there is more sparkling now than there was. But Traditional method sparkling is still 
tricky. Now there's a winery in Oregon called Corollary and they started not long ago, really new, a couple years ago and they make sparkling wine and they were like, Oregon is the new place for sparkling wine. Why is no one doing it? And they did a lot of research and they were like, oh, it's just insanely expensive to get all this equipment to make sparkling wine to get the people that know how to do it. So it's a huge endeavor. And unless you have the market, unless you have the people that are going to buy that, that's tough. And their wines are great. And we buy them at Esther's and I will continue to do so. But I will say it is cheaper to make Petna. I guess the moral of the story for me is if you're looking for more domestic made sparkling wines, whether it be in the traditional method or in Petnat style, the time's been better than ever. So it, do it's that. true. And one of the one producer that I do see out there and that is very cool is Schramsberg. Now they're in Napa and they still have a person that is hand riddling all of their wines. Wow. They are made in the traditional method. They are not using chemicals and they're good sparkling wines. We buy those for some of our restaurants. Like I think that winery in Napa is pretty cool and I always try to send people there. So there's a lot of options. Yeah. Or You said there's not a lot of options, but there are more options than ever before to grab a sparkling wine in America. We've named a few on the episode tonight, but if you're looking for something that has a little bit of a floral nose, something that feels fun and festive to kick off your 4th of July parties. Also a bottle cap top. So if you're at the beach and you're already popping beers. Yeah, it's perfect. You want to just pop that as this well? This would be perfect this is at the, the one. beach. Yeah. This is the one for you. Get your relish on your dog, open up a bottle of City Pop, and enjoy your 4th of July. 100%. All right, let's get to the last portion of the evening, which is what has been inspiring us this week. I will go first. Catherine, I mentioned an album that I own earlier in the episode. For Father's Day, I was able to get out and do one of my favorite things in the world, which is go to a record store. And I went to a record store I've never been to. It's in Westchester, California. Not too far from where we live, but it's called Sound Stations, and I love the shop. It's a great shop. Picked up two albums. I picked up After the Gold Rush by Neil Young, and I went back the next day and bought a very unique cover for Is This It by The Strokes. I went to see The Strokes at the forum maybe last year or two years ago, and I was like, man, I'm not a huge Strokes guy, but like, they have a ton of hits. So I said, I probably should pick this up because my goal, as I've told maybe before on this podcast, I'm sure I've told it before, is to build a collection for my three boys. And when they get old enough, they can split up my albums and learn about what I think is great music, learn about my taste in music. And I wanted to add the strokes to the catalog. It's a unique album because the cover was the original cover of this album. And it's kind of a sort of a risque album. It's like it's a picture of a latex glove on a female behind and there was a lot of fear about whether this would sell. This album, this album cover would sell. This was right around 2001. Oh. And they decided to push off of that. But this album cover is unique. It's rare. It's hard to find. And also, it has one extra song on the album. So it's a unique album. And the guy was like, listen, this is special. You should get it. It wasn't crazy expensive. But uh, I wanted this album. It was unique. So I picked it up. Huge fan of this record store if you're ever in LA. If you're in a layover at LAX, it's about eight minutes from LAX or less. Go check out Sound Stations. Ask for Lee and go through their selection. It's awesome. So uh, anyway, that's my inspiration of the week. Very cool. Yeah, it's cool. Catherine, what do you have? Well, this is a book that I read 
a few weeks ago, but I haven't been able to talk about it on the podcast. And I read it for the elementary school that our son goes to. They have a diversity and inclusion book club. And we read it for that. And the book is This Is How It Always Is by Lori Frankel. And I just really enjoyed this book. It's a book about a family, man and a woman that have five sons. And the fifth son knows he's a girl. And so it is kind of a bright and fantastical, super fun, hard, heart-wrenching story of what happens to this family. It starts in Wisconsin. It ends in Seattle. I have so many feelings about this book, but something that it really brought me to was, just to be honest with everyone, sometimes in the last year I have wondered why we had three kids. Like, <laughs> no, no offense. Oh, but keep going. Why? 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 And uh, this book reminded me why. Like, there is so much fun and joy and just like total chaotic mess that's awesome about a family and about a big family in this book. And I was reminded like, oh, that's what I wanted. And that's what we have. So that was great because I got this bird's eye view of what having a family is. And and then all these intricacies of what this particular family is going through, which were so awesome to discuss with other elementary school parents and what they think about it. Anyway, it's an awesome book club read and an awesome read for a parent of a young child. This is How It Always Is by Lori Frankel. Thanks for reminding me, Lori Frankel, that I do want to be a mom of three kids in a wildly chaotic, messy house. It's pretty awesome. You've teased the next episode because I want to hear more about your struggle with uh, us having three kids. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Save it for next week. I don't think it's a mystery. I know. <laughs> but I want, I want to expound on it because I you know you know I've ta- talked about it a little bit before, but maybe we can talk about it with uh, everyone listening. So stay tuned for that. But that's it. That's it for episode 107 of The Long Finish. Episode 107 is in the books. Thank you to everyone for continuing to listen to the show. Look, folks, we need your ratings, reviews, subscriptions. If you have a chance to do that, that means a lot to us. Catherine, where can they find you in The Long Finish on social media? You can find me at Catherine Weil Cooker on Instagram, and you can find The Long Finish at The Long Finish on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. Everyone, have a great holiday week. I'm not going to take your Friday off. I'm not going to take your Monday off. Get ready for Tuesday, July 4th. So hope you have fun with some family and friends. And we'll be back next week with an all new episode. We'll talk about the three kids stuff and open a new bottle of wine. It'll be good. Should be fun, right? We love you, kid three. Oh, we love you, baby. Until then, be happy, be healthy, and happy drink. Ciao.